feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're bringing the can content to TIFF. Uh, this is, I think, one of only a handful of Canadian films that we've talked about. We reviewed yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. Is that it? We're horrible Canadians. I'm so sorry. No, no, Night Raiders as well. <laughs> Oh, Night Raiders. Okay, cool. That's two. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should cover more, but that's a different conversation. Uh, yeah, this one's hitting uh, pretty close to home. Uh, you know, we are reviewing uh, Sasha uh, Nakai and Rich Williamson's uh, Scarborough. Sorry, I lost my place of where I needed to read from uh, there for a second. Based on um, uh, Catherine Hernandez's novel, and she is also the screenwriter adapting her own work. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Eric. Um, yeah. Uh, Scarborough, only about a 25-minute drive from uh, you know both Whippy and Oshawa, where Eric and I uh, grew up, essentially. So, Fun fact, yeah. my grandparents lived in Scarborough. Oh, my mom went to high school in Scarborough. There you go. You uh, have an even closer connection. They lived on two Dorcott Road, and um, I remember they would always, as a kid, take me to Thompson Park, which wasn't too far away. Cool. Um, but I think what is really um, important about this movie is it shows you a side of Scarborough uh, you rarely see, and it shows you a side that is basically underrepresented in in film and characters and stories that are underrepresented in uh, movies. So essentially what Scarborough is, is almost like I, I said in my uh, one tweet, it's almost like watching sort of a combination of a Robert Altman movie in the style of like, you know, an ensemble cast mm-hmm. of characters as we kind of navigate through uh, the titular Scarborough. Um, but then also it has a sort of social political aspect that isn't very, you know, off from something like um, Kez, you know, and, and so watching this movie um there was admittedly i was a little bit nervous at first um just because handheld cinematography doesn't always work for me and there's always um the aspect or or the concern that maybe the filmmakers are exploiting the topic of you know low-income families as you know quote-unquote poverty porn yeah Um, because i think the easy thing to describe this as is like a canadian florida project which i've seen some people kind of talk about which i don't necessarily agree with but um, no i I I mean it's it's yeah with the florida project there's and maybe there is some of this and 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 i don't mind you please correct me if i'm wrong um there are more sort of classically trained actors in this where sean baker even though i mean i'm sure there's a lot of first timers because you know from it's from the point of view the story takes place from the point of view of three children and sort of you know their lives intersecting um you know at this school at this sort of uh literacy room and and where that goes and it's very well handled i think in terms of juggling you know three separate storylines and how they intertwine over the course of you know a year um but yeah, what I was nervous about is how it kind of presents certain characters uh, and where they're coming from. And you always worry that it's going to exploit certain elements of that. But I think that the script and the direction and the performances all find a way to kind of balance the truth and coming from a place of, you know, not having much, but also 
still finding the right notes in terms of being happy and finding progress and understanding that there are people out there that do see you and do care about you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there needs to be more Miss Hina's uh, in this world. And absolutely that character and that performance specifically is so wonderful, really hit hard in terms of, <clears throat> you know, that's the teacher that so many kids will never have the chance to, you know, work with and, and be educated by. And that is just a real shame. And just those moments between that character and, and Laura are some of the most emotionally impactful, uh, I think of the film. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I actually, I, I really, really like the film. Um, uh, was a little hesitant at first with that two hour and, um, almost 20 minute runtime. Um, I think it's just something that will always be like, will it earn that? And uh, I think it does. Um, I think it's one of the best made Canadian films I've seen in a very long time. Um, I think being Canadian and knowing the Canadian film system and stuff like that, that were sometimes a little harsher. Um, at least I am on Canadian projects cause I just want them to be great. And a lot of the times I just, uh, comparing it to, you know, uh, international cinema from other countries and stuff. I just sometimes, you know, I'm just harder on it than maybe others are, but, uh, I thought this, uh, uh, was great. Um, I, I love the interconnectedness, the telling of the three stories from th- these three families. I think it continues a theme, uh, that I'm seeing at TIFF, which I also tweeted out being like, you know, very, <clears throat> adult problems not just adult problems but very adult problems through the lens of children and specifically in this movie uh community and um and oftentimes family which this movie also does and i saw that in petite maman i saw that in belfast and i saw that in this film where there are very heavy themes and heavy things that happen and it's dealing with the problems of uh, not even problems, just the struggles that, you know, these families and, and the adults and the parents go through, but it's kind of presenting it from, from the children's perspective. And I thought there was very lovely moments where, you know, sometimes you're seeing and what you're talking about, Eric, with the handheld cinematography and stuff like that, where it's down low on the children's kind of level as like, you know, the adults are kind of talking and, and engaging above them and you're not necessarily seeing the adults, but you're hearing them or you're seeing it from the kid's perspective, which I really liked. Um, and I just thought, like you said, yeah, it, it's showing a community and showing something that we don't necessarily see very often in, you know, uh, you know, Canadian film. And, and, you know, I know the novel is very well regarded as well, but um, it was just kind of, it hit home because this is only this 25 minutes away and and you just don't often see that. And I just love seeing these three kids interact. And, you know, even though they're going through a lot and they're trying to do, these families are trying to do their best. And I, I connected with a lot of it in, in my own, I'm not trying to compare my situation to anything that these families are going through, but even from the children, like, you know, I remember going to my mom's, uh, my mom worked at my op- my opa owned two shoe stores in Oshawa and um, my parents, uh, my mom worked at that shoe store and, you know, um, didn't 
we either didn't have enough money or they didn't want to pay for, you know, babysitters all the time. So uh, I remember going to, she would just let me come to work with her and, you know, my cousins would come or whoever, cause my aunt Karen also worked there and we'd play in the shoe store and we'd wander around five points mall in Oshawa or around. And there are just moments like that in this movie that I just thought were very sweet from the kids and, and felt very authentic and, and real. Um, like you said, the the teacher, which sorry, Eric, what's her name? Miss um, uh, Miss uh, Hina, who's played by uh, Alia uh, Kanani, who again is like is if this yeah. was like an A twenty four movie, as you mentioned with the Florida Project, she would be getting uh, all sort of accolades for best yeah. supporting actress. Like this is like, a great breakout, supporting yeah. performance and yeah. one that should be recognized um, absolutely when it comes to award season. Like it's just one of those those great teacher roles. Um, yeah, but and the kids are with- all good too. The kids are great, and um, it, it took me a second to grow, uh, to kind of you know get acclimated and and for it to grow on me. But like the more I got on, the more I loved those kids that it focused on, and then um, just the problems she's dealing with, just being such a wonderfully nice person, and how you know the bureaucracy and the kind of bullshit that she has to deal with through her kind of passive aggressiveness of her boss, which is displayed through. Um, emails on screen and it's uh read aloud by the actress who plays her boss who eventually shows up at the end um and even those moments like i i i really liked because i feel like email especially in the last year and a half during covid and stuff like that i feel like we've all tried to kind of figure out how to navigate that and i thought they did a good job of her boss being uh, you know, sort of passive aggressive to her and the fake niceties through that. And I just thought that was really well done as well. But Yeah. And there might um, also be maybe an underlying factor that it is even mentioned in those emails that, you know, her superior might have been like her at one point yeah. where, you know, like you, you, you go into a, a system, whether it be, you know, a school system or, or anything that's the social work or anything like that. And you're always very optimistic at the beginning and you want to do not only what's right, but you want to change things and change things for the better. And, you know, you see this character, you know, taking on not only sort of encouraging literacy but also trying which is ultimately her job was yeah but she's going above and beyond where she's trying to help you know feed these kids she's trying to give them a a safe place to play but also you know learn and discover things about the world that maybe they wouldn't get outside um you know or in their own homes um and the way that she deals with prejudice and racism especially from one dad um you know she takes the high road and she didn't have to because if i were in her shoes i would just literally let him have it but um she always does the best for the kids and you know there's so many great moments with those kids as well and also learning about you know their families and sort of you know one mom who you know leaves an abusive relationship uh, and 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 takes her son uh bing uh played by liam diaz uh and sort of you know goes to work at a a, a nail and manicure uh salon and you know she does all this great work but you know the people just tip her with a dollar and it's so disrespectful yeah uh, but it says so much and just like, putting that loony down and you're just kind of like dude, you just literally said how amazing that 
you know that manicure was and like yeah. just like well i don't care enough about you to to yeah. you know i'm not laughing at, at, at I'm, I'm laughing at how horrible that situation yes, is I agree, and, yeah. and how frustrating it is and um there are some moments i will admit that i felt later on i think they th- the script and the filmmakers are able to get away with it because it is from the child's point of view, but mm-hmm. there is this kind of spiritual quality to one specific scene that kind of feels a little bit out of place um, for the rest of the film, which is very much grounded in reality. Um, it just kind of felt like that one moment, maybe, you know, around Christmas that kind of, again, didn't click with the rest of the movie, tonally speaking. Um, but I also think that this is the, um, in terms of songs, um, one of the uh, best songs or, or one of the best uses of, of um, Mortal Kombat. I was going to say that, <laughs> especially of 2021, this is the best movie to use that theme. Mortal Kombat, but also, yeah. um, I want to dance with somebody. The yeah. Houston song, which is a total banger um, yeah. and such a really lovely crescendo um, on, yeah. on the film as well. Um, I do yeah. agree with that, with both of those things. Yeah, it, it, um, it is such a lovely little movie that it's hard not to like. But then it it continues to grow and build, and it's more than just heartfelt or a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. It's just a really thoughtful piece of filmmaking that examines, as you mentioned, a community and seeing the side of a community that we rarely get to see um you know whether it be populated from low-income families or people of color we're seeing a side that otherwise we wouldn't get to see and that is i think crucial to getting that right and that's the other thing like the filmmakers and and the writer don't feel like outsiders like if you were to get this from you know somebody who's attached to direct a movie like this and and i don't Mm. think it would come off as authentic as it does no, I totally agree with that. And and like you said, like the movie kind of wins you over. So even if you have some problems here and there with, you know, I didn't love how one of the, the dad character was written at times. Uh, I didn't love like the cop in the uh, in the, like s- certain things like that, that just felt like a little little heavy handed or a little bit too much or, or overly written to the point of, it was a little distracting to me. Um, especially with the dad of, of one young girl, like in the, in the kind of latter half of where that goes. Um, You're talking about Laura's, Laura's dad, yeah, right? Laura's dad, which you already brought up. And, and he, there, I think at times it, it, it works, but the more horrible he became, and I'm not saying that people like that don't exist and, and things like that. And, 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 but I just felt like in the context of this movie, sometimes it came off um, and I don't want to sound too rude, but like a little cartoony in the way that the cop was acting at the, uh, the nail salon or the way that this, this man, uh, this father was acting um, throughout the movie. Like, I feel like I you don't disagree just, with you. You but could I, tone it down just like a, a tiny, just right. a smidge. That's all I uh, wanted. What I will say in its defense yeah. Usually in this kind of movie, if again, if it was a studio film or yeah. a, a, an indie movie with studio backing, usually that kind of character would change their ways. Where oh, I'm glad they stuck yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah you I never, you that. never get that. And there's some stuff with him and Laura uh, when they're on their own in the apartment that I thought was quite telling that you know some people really shouldn't be parents. I absolutely agree with that, and I, I. I I'm glad that they stuck to their guns and just made him not not glad that he was a horrible piece of shit, but in the movie, in the context of the movie. But I get what you're um, saying too, where 
it's almost like you have to vilify some people or, or sort of really kind of like they, as you mentioned, become a caricature of, of what yeah. there, there's not a lot of, of depth to this specific person mm-hmm. um, compared to all the richness that is, that is throughout the film. And, the and other that's characters. exactly what I mean. But the movie is so good that you kind of forgive that. Yep. That's kind of ultimately like it didn't bother me to the point where I'm like, Oh, it kind of ruined the, the last bit of the movie or anything. Like it just was a little distracting where I'm like, I feel like we could have, they were kind of at 11 and I would have liked them to even just be at nine. <laughs> like it could have still been a lot, but like, and, and you stick to your guns of like, no, it, again, some people just shouldn't be parents and just are bad people. Like I know those people exist out there. Um, I just felt like to Eric's wonderful point that he just made that all the other characters in the movie felt nuanced and, and not over the top. And, and, uh, and there were a couple there that I was like, ah, this doesn't completely work, but, the movie itself works, so it's totally fine. But I think that's the only thing that, you know, was hindered me from like absolutely loving the movie. I think it's fantastic or very, very good. Um, and again, uh, with running times, like again, I think you really need to earn it. And I think the movie does a good job at, you know, two hours and 20 minutes, never overstaying its welcome. It's It's got a lot going on, but I feel like it earns that two hours and 20 minute runtime. And I was never like holy shit i need this thing to end like uh, never at one point which i think is a testament to how well done the movie is so yeah, yeah I, I, I agree it, it doesn't feel overly long like there are some movies where it's like you're still enjoying them and i watched also... a 66 minute festival or movie this festival that i couldn't make it through <laughs> because it felt like really long so that's so. another great testament to how how good scarborough is in terms yeah. of its movie making and its pacing and and you know the thoughtfulness that's going into the storytelling and and again like it's just one of those movies where you know you look at this and you're like okay this is this is a great representation of what solid canadian filmmaking should be yes and and that's exactly very proud to have this movie amongst an international lineup of of films totally i think it, it yeah i think it stands up to any of those um one other thing, not to end it on a negative because I'll end it on a positive. Uh, the proper house kind of line in the like richer people's house, I hated. I just, I, I did as well. I didn't like I, that like, character, but it was I just weird like, how that was inserted. Because yeah, it almost felt like at that moment, like. And, and again, I don't mean to be negative because I really do like the movie. But I same, but like it almost felt like that was out of like a like an Adam Sandler comedy yes, or something like, like that, where it's like it you, felt weirdly out of place. Yeah, and like I just don't think you needed it. Like you no. didn't need it. Um, and that was the one thing where I'm like, oof, I really that just does not work. And then no, like it doesn't. Um, but the movie's great. Uh, and you know, uh, shout out to Active Green and Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I'll keep it see rolling. Active yeah. Green and Ross, <laughs> not a sponsor, but um, I, it's just you know when something's so close to home and you know you just see, I'm like, oh, I, I doubt I'll see an Active Green and Ross in any other movie this year. So, and only people from the GTA will probably uh understand what the hell we're talking. I wonder about if that there, was on but... anybody's TIFF bingo sheets active green and ross yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> uh, i, I want to say one more thing as yeah. well with the movie i think it also portrays autism uh in a very realistic manner and it doesn't just simply define it by just calling it autism like 
you see so uh one of the main characters uh sylvie has a brother who's undiagnosed at the beginning and we see uh the mom go to a walk-in to try I've to been figure to it. that doctor so many times it's like right. oh it's it's fine and yeah. just like God. just have somebody else deal with it later on just Dude, don't bother so, me that anymore. felt so realistic to me because yeah. like i my walk-in doctor like family doctor when i was younger was that older white guy who is frustrated because people come in way too often for you know little things or he's dealing with the guy who just wants wants oxycotton in the lobby or something or they so just don't want to deal with it in yeah. general because it's too much work for them and they couldn't be yeah. bothered and and that is unfortunately all too common because i dealt with that my whole life with this doctor that my sister and i um constantly told our parents that was just the worst because he was that guy who'd just be like you're fine. And like, you're wasting you my time. You could have a knife in your neck and that guy yeah. would be like, ah, just put some polysporin on it. And even like for a personal story, my mom, uh, you know, just went through thyroid cancer and, um, and I'll let you get to your point, Eric, and sorry to make it no, no, uh, no, no, personal, no. but is, I just felt like good. that was very real. The way that this doctor kind of just brushed off her concerns and, and said like, well, it's going to be too much work for you and it's too much work for me. So just give it a couple years and let it be someone else's problem essentially, or you'll figure it out. And I've dealt with that, like where my mom, you know, asked our family doctor when we were younger and, and my sister and I hated this fucking guy. And he always like, my mom would be like, oh, I think I have like a lump in my throat. And he'd be like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And then years later we find out that it was, you know, thyroid cancer. And I'm just like, this guy brushed it off. And luckily thyroid cancer, one of the good ones, my mom's, you know, fine, but like she had to have surgery just like Nevis did and, and, and things like that. And, um, and it just, that scene really hit for me because I was like, man, there's too many times where people who really are in need and there are, you know, and I know that most doctors are doing their best and things like that, but that hit home where he's just kind of, oh, well, you know, he's just a little behind. And then, you know, and ultimately where the movie goes really kind of proves a point of, no, he, they needed help at that time. And that guy was not there for them. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is kind of amazing, but, and also how it handles sort of the diagnosis process, yeah. even though it's truncating it, obviously, because it's, you know, a two hour film, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, spanning over the course of months, but the way that it depicts it and sort of the process of diagnosis and also you know um sort of treatment and sort of routine to communicate uh with the child i think is done in a manner that feels very realistic i have a cousin um who's high functioning uh, autistic and there's just some stuff there that you can see the frustration and pain and sadness in the mother who wants so desperately to be able to communicate with her child and do whatever she can for him. But at the and same time, such a lovely moment at near the end. Of yeah. It feels yeah. completely and utterly lost and doesn't know what to do. And, and like you said, there's, there is this wonderful payoff that again is very emotional, but it's never exploitative and it earns that scene. So, so poignantly and uh, i agree yeah it, it's it's just one of those movies that it's so i mean we were talking about the humans but this movie is just so human and 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 yeah. a great sort of you know cross-sectional sort of look at community and sort of just the people in general like you know this is about a community and how important that is and you know the rogers line being community matters but like it it truly does and to spotlight those who don't 
aren't seen. Um, and I, I love really even um, uh, Sylvie when she's walking with her mom and she sees all the people on her walk home from school and it kind of focuses on that community of like, you know, whether the woman who's Has running the dog. the dog and like, or the guy who's painting the murals that comes back in uh, later in, in a, 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 a sequence um, at Christmas. Um, but just the relationship with all of them in that community where it's like, you know, she wa- this is her walk to school every day. So she sees these people that are outside of their apartments and she became friends with them, even though the mom's kind of just like, all right, hurry up. We got to get we got to get going. Like, you can't just spend your time talking to these random people. But um, I think that's just such a lovely little thing where it shows you it doesn't necessarily focus on those other people or and even her relationship with um what was the older man that she goes to the dollar store with and something like he barely oh, has yeah, any lines yeah. in the movie, but um, I forget it is like Mr. I'm trying to find it here. I have the press notes, but anyways, there's this older man that uh, Mr. George, <laughs> like, so Mr. George lives at their apartment kind of complex and, and, you know, Mr. George watches her uh, silvery sometimes when, the mom has stuff to do and there's just like little things like that where there's all these kind of side characters that don't necessarily all get their moment a little bit in the movie even though it's not really about them but it's about how these kids kind of engage with them and how this community all comes together and yeah it's just it's really lovely like and someone's like how could you say this movie's lovely and i'm like yeah it has some harder and uh you know things happen in it but i think overall it's just a lovely movie to showcase this stuff even if there is some sadness in the movie and things like that but um i do think it's quite good so i am uh, i'm gonna give it a four out of five so little nitpicky things but i think it's quite good yeah i'm also gonna give it a four out of five it's uh really well done and again just you know one of those movies that i think you can take and say like this is canadian and this is also just a great movie you know, it's I not just Canadian and it's not just good because it's Canadian. It's a good movie because it's a good movie. Yeah, I know Level Film has it here in Canada. I would love for it. You know, it wouldn't make any money probably if it got released in the US and something. But I would like someone to kind of because I think it does, you know, any certain A24 movies you're talking about and stuff like that. Like, I think it's it can go against those movies. It's just and as good. Like, yeah. yeah. Really so is. I feel like, you know, maybe it's a harder sell if it's not Canada, but I would love for it to get a little bit more eyes on it. So um, I'm hoping it gets kind of a wider release, but we'll see. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Eric and I have been covering the entirety of the Toronto International Film Festival this year. Uh, you can check out all of our reviews uh, video form over on our YouTube channel. So just search for Untitled Movie Podcast. will probably pop up somewhere there, Untitled Movie Reviews, uh, which is our audio version over on all podcast services just search for untitled movie reviews and you'll get all of our tiff coverage and all of our other coverage because after the festival's done we got four or five movies we already got to catch up with will we review them maybe we well, might we'll need talk to about them break. on the regular on show, the regular so. show yeah so we'll see um head over to our letterbox hq it's kind of our one-stop shop for everything so if you need to go to our social channels or see our star ratings or our personal profiles or to get to the youtube videos just head over there it's untitled underscore movies probably the easiest spot for all of those uh and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Mortal Kombat!
bum, bum, bum. I was gonna do the active green and raw song, but <laughs> Maggie Rowling, Richard Dolan, active green, green and, and Ross. Ross. <laughs> Horrible. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>